Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast and uh, well I think it's going to be an entertaining one for you this week. We are uh, we are sadly without Rachel who I think has a house full of visitors um, and, and can't find uh, either the time or the space without being rude to join us. Uh, and uh, so me and Graham here um, and uh, we've also got a super special guest and I think between the three of us this week uh, we're going to put the world to rights I think a bit. Um, uh, maybe it's a bit of a state of the nation thing. Maybe it is a, a, a critique on the world of film, film photography. It's certainly going to be lighthearted. It's certainly going to be full of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> but first of all, Graham, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Aid. Yeah, all, all good. All good. I'm, I'm recording for the well, second time, actually, because I did backing paper last night um, from my new... Uh, I don't want to call it a man cave because that just seems terrible and makes me sound too much like old Gutterman over there. Um, but I'm recording for my new dig, so if it sounds a bit echoey on my end this evening, apologies, but I haven't got like lots of nice to throw cushions and stuff yet. So that'll be happening, listeners. But yeah, it's good. All good. Thank you, Aid. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I'm, I'm going to introduce you, I guess, because I haven't had the chance to talk to him before, actually. Um, but uh, uh, I would like to welcome back to the show Anil Mystery. Anil, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, uh, guys, and uh, nice to meet you, Aid, uh, verbally anyway. And uh, Rachel, I'm I'm just deeply, deeply hurt that you're not here, and I think you're being really <laughs> selfish, frankly. <laughs> you know, I think and that, ladies and gentlemen, sets the tone for this evening. I think rather nicely. <laughs> I think she, she was so disappointed in your most recent crappy book, which we talked about on the show with Killian, that she's just like, no, I can't bring myself to be on the same podcast as you. Oh, well, I'm used to that. <laughs> I have to say, I haven't seen the book. We've talked about it a lot, and uh, and Graham has a copy, of course, uh, but uh, I haven't seen a new one. But I have to say, I guess I haven't had a chance to say it in person. I really did enjoy Good Night, Sweetheart. Um, my co- uh, it's a, yeah, it's a fantastic book. Well, thank you very much. Um, on that note, I, I can talk about this now. Um, I, firstly, I just want to um, thank you guys because you helped me. Uh, by being coming onto your podcast and being able to talk about the book, you helped me reach my target. So, uh, very recently, I reached um, my tar- my target I wanted of uh, raising one thousand pounds for charity. So that's for Calm, um, which is a an anti a, a suic- uh, well, it's, it's a charity dedicated to helping to prevent suicide in young men. So that money will be going to them. Weirdly, I've been trying to contact them and they haven't given me details of how to pay them. So I think I might just go shopping. <laughs> uh, congratulations mate that's a fantastic no, no thank you guys you, yeah and I'm really pleased so you know I, I had a, a I pulled favors throughout the book with friends to write content and with a printer to give me a really good deal on the printing so I kept my overheads down very low so as a result um, I sold uh, enough copies of the book to uh, raise a thousand pounds so I'm really pleased with that uh, that is yeah. awesome and, that is, and for those of our listeners who haven't had a chance to see the book um, actually the choice of the ch- charity calm is it fits nicely with the theme of the book doesn't it yeah it's uh, the charity the charity calm it stands for campaign against living miserably um and uh, the book is all about men talking about their feelings um in little bits of writing and poems um on the and on the opposite page of each piece of writing is an image of a dumped mattress um just so you know there are some <laughs> copies left so um yeah if you want one give us a shout Oh, well, I can thoroughly recommend it to anybody who hasn't got one anyway. So, yeah, ex- excellent. Good stuff. And the uh, pictures are in focus. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is one of the things. Did you take them with a proper camera then? 
<laughs> I know you haven't listened to um, all the most recent podcasts because shame on you, um, clearly. But um, that was one of the things that uh, Jeremy, following up from our conversation, about, said that one of the reasons that he was disappointed in Monochrome was because he loved Goodnight Sweetheart so much. Um, I think he was saying he bought like multiple copies to give to friends who... Um, he thought would enjoy them and did. So there's that thing of this expectation of getting something that he was going to really like. Um, and uh, and, you know, and in fairness, because I looked before I received your book, because Jeremy sent me his copy of uh, the book because he hated it so much. <laughs> so somebody wins, me, which I'm a, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but um, on your website, it, you're, and I'm sure it's a deliberate thing, but it's actually quite hard to get a feel for what the book's going to be like because you don't have like nice clear picture of oh this is an example of some of the work in here so you know it's i can see why people go into it maybe not knowing quite what they're going to get and and it's you know it, it's not a book for everybody clearly book for me not a book for jeremy <laughs> well uh, i i, I... I think, firstly, I think I'm, I'm um, I, I don't know, I kind of feel like Paul Weller when he uh, stopped doing the jam and then started doing the Star Council, went from uh, punk and rock to uh, jazz funk. But um, I love all of Paul Weller's work. So <laughs> I, I think the thing is, I, I'm, I, make, I take photographs, but I'm, I'm in, I don't know, keep it, I'm an image maker. I, I, I'm a graphic designer, I'm an illustrator, I mix the whole lot together and I'm, I like to try new things out. Um, so I don't, I, I, I don't want to be predictable in what I do because half the time I don't know what I'm going to do next. Uh, some of my stuff is photography in the most straight sense, as people see, I suppose, of things in focus with contrast. <laughs> but um, for me, a camera is a tool and a camera can create all sorts of images. Images, in my mind, don't have to be in focus. They can be blurred. They don't have to have a full tonal variation from black to white and everything in between. Um, and I like imagery that makes you question things and um so um so going back just contextually uh i i i've just found out before coming on this podcast so the guys were, we were talk, having a chat and they said that um uh, jeremy hadn't liked the book and he was talking about it on the podcast and it, um yeah it was a conversation and it was a, a, a something that almost sounded a little bit controversial but it was when i um sold the book uh, I asked Jeremy on Facebook to give me um, his thoughts and he did give me his thoughts and, and he was very honest and I really appreciate that because he said, um, frankly, I hated it, um, and which is fine because for me, again, um, no one has to like everything that someone does. Um, everyone has their own taste, I suppose, and their own expectation uh, of what someone does. So um, firstly, Jeremy, I, I love your honesty, and, I, and you know, and I said that when I replied to you because I, I uh, you know, I'm I'm a creative. I've worked in creative industries for decades, so I, I I don't approach any of my work with ego in the sense that you know I have a fragile ego. If someone doesn't like something I do, then they don't like it, um, and so I've got a tough hide in that sense. Um, but also, you know, photography is art. Photography is imagery, and you know, people like what they like. Um, and um, I'm, I'm sorry it wasn't what you expected. But in a, in a strange way, it wasn't what I expected when I made it either. I wasn't quite sure how it was going to come together. It started off as me thinking, right, I'm going to do something with all these black and white photos, these thousands of pictures I've taken. What the hell am I going to do? And um, I thought, I just don't want to do a, just a, a typical, oh, look, here's a picture of, I don't know, a bridge or a barn or a dumped car in a graveyard, uh, a, you know, a, a junkyard and stuff that there's... I. 
in a weird way, I was trying to avoid cliche, but in I suppose in the in the approach to trying to avoid cliche, I created created a cliche in itself in your mind at least, Jeremy, and that's fine. Um, but it, it's a book that sort of organically came together, and in the end, I was really I'm really pleased with the result. And um, I think with any photo book, it's not for everybody. You know, for me, for example, the, the most boring thing I could think of is just a photograph, a book of landscapes that would bore the shit out me. You know, uh, unless it's Ansel Adams or something stunning. Just what some, you know, a picture of a sunset or something that, that just drives me mental. I just want to burn it. I, I, I like work that questions, and um, it's clearly a, it clearly questioned you. So you know, in in my mind, that's a success. But um, yeah, I'm sorry you were disappointed. A, an emotional response, positive or negative, is better than indifference any absolutely. day. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're we're creating creative work, and we have to ask ourselves, why am I creating this? Okay, you know, some people do it for a hobby. It's just you know. Um, I do this because I enjoy it and it's a form of therapy. And yes, that's all great. But for me, I, I like to try and take it a bit further and do stuff because I've got so many ideas and I want to try everything out with the imagery I can create with cameras. Okay, I can get behind that. I have to, I'll talk about about that about my own experiences that in the last week or so in a minute. But I, uh, you, you know, what you're saying there is is honest in itself, isn't it? And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff uh there's a lot of there's a lot of imagery being published these days and there are whilst this doesn't apply to everybody this thing i'm going to say now but there are some there are some out there that are publishing work and just because it happens to be shot on film um that 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 therefore gives it some kind of credibility uh or or um uh, maybe not artisticness but uh, it, it seems to be and we it, it seems to be we're getting to to uh, a point as film photography gets in so far into its resurgence that that, that sort of thing is becoming a theme more and more now. Um, uh, it, I, sorry, just to, I don't think that's a film photography thing. I think that's just a photography thing. I think if you go on 500px, like there is a baseline I do that? Of, <laughs> <laughs> to, to feel bad about your competency as taking photographs is why I mostly go there. But the thing is, like, there's a baseline of oh, this is what a pretty picture looks like. This is the the most broadly accepted idea of what a a picture is. And I think film photography is maybe just kind of coming up to that level of um, okay, this is what a broadly accepted you know pretty picture is. And maybe the fact that it's on film adds a little bit more, but. I think it's quite a universal thing. I don't think it's just a film thing. No, I, I think it's about it's uh, it's okay. I'm going to use <laughs> I'm going to use I'm Indian, so I'm going to use an Indian analogy. Okay, um, I'll, in my little town where I live, I'll, I'll sit in a pub and there'll be loads of um, locals, white people. Uh, who will go, oh, there's a great curry house here. There's, oh, I went to this curry house. It was fantastic. And yes, it might be a tasty curry, but in the world of curries, it's absolute crap. Um, and my, my point here is that if you really know curry, you know all the spices, you know how they go together, you know how different things put together make different flavors, and you know how they all come together to make an amazing curry um, in a different, you know, whether it's an Indian curry, a South Indian curry, a Bangladeshi curry, a Pakistani curry, there is a whole world of cuisine under the world curry. And for me, that analogy fits with photography as well. You know, you you only know what you know and you only get to know more by trying more and experiencing more and you only get to do that when you actually put your mind into looking at loads of books going to galleries and learning i mean it takes a lifetime 
to sort of build up experience and to have, if you like, a visual sense. And it's not just about the technical aspects of composition and photography gets caught up in pixel peeping. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I couldn't give a shit if a picture is in focus or not. A lot of the best pictures ever taken in, in the world in history have not been in focus or in perfect focus and have not been technically correct. They haven't followed the rule of thirds. They haven't had, uh, you know, perfect contrast or or this, that, and the other. They've just been great, interesting images in their own right. And for me, I, I don't care what camera it's taken with, whether it's digital or film, or, I just look at the image. It's like, does that strike me? Is that interesting? And is it avoiding cliche? You know, is it different? Or if it, even if it is a cliched thing, is it just executed so bloody brilliantly that it just blows me away? You know, um, so I think well, that's what we're, we're going to talk about today, isn't it? The, the fact that, frankly, there is a lot of guff out there <laughs> And uh, we need to push ourselves more. <laughs> well, we do. So, and and this is this. I mean, I was saying just just before we hit the record button, yeah, that we we, yeah, the the one of the things that we've we've remarked upon is that uh, since we started this podcast, the Sunny Sixteen podcast, which as we record this in late November twenty eighteen, so we've been doing this for about two and a half years now. And since in, in that time, um, possibly because of the resurgence of film photography, there are now lots and lots of film photography podcasts. And that's brilliant. Um, it's brilliant. And, and so and, and I'm not saying that any of them are, are guff, not 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 by any stretch of the imagination. But I am thinking to myself, well, how do we take it to the next level now? What do we do next? Yeah, I think it, I think questioning the quality of the work we're creating, I think, is a, a good start point. You know, uh, you know, it, it's a, a few years ago, the whole film community, if you like, it was a, quite a fragile thing. You know, will there be any camera film left? Is anyone making cameras? You know, what's going to happen? But what, where we are at now is amazing. There's new podcasts coming out all the time. There's all this enthusiasm. And so this sort of resurgence, if you like, is um, it's it's maturing. And so as a result, we don't have to be as fragile and supportive of every single thing we see as as we have been in the past. I well, mean, that doesn't mean that we've been point. fake. Yeah, because we, if you want to develop and build a community, that community has to mature in different levels. And um, yes, one level is, okay, good for you, you've got a camera. Good for you, you're shooting with, with film. That's fantastic. But okay, now let's look at your work. What's the quality of your work? Are you pushing yourself? What are you doing? Are you trying things out? Are you learning things? And I don't just mean learning technically how to light and all that stuff. I mean, looking at the image you're creating. Uh, what are the images you're creating? How are you pushing yourselves and getting out of your comfort zones? And I, and I don't think this is the point of, I think what we're talking about today is not to be nasty, but also it should sort of put a bit of a jolt up everyone think, and we want to get people to question their work, right? The thing is, though, I mean, and you're completely right, and um, yeah, definitely we want to go down it. But also, I think one of the things that about the film community that has been fantastic uh, and has been, at least in part, responsible for why it, the resurgence has taken hold is because it is a very um, welcoming, very a supportive community. And um, and whilst, uh, what I suppose one getting is. If people are happy making a curry that's just a very simple, basic curry that anybody who's really into curry would just go, well, that's rubbish. But if they're making curry that people like, even if it's not very good curry, that's all right. Um, I think uh, I don't think everybody has to necessarily be pushing themselves to 
um, be creating something that's on the outskirts. I, I think, you know, I think if you're interested, if that's something you want to do, then looking at how you go about it and getting into that I think is important. But equally, if you're quite happy eating and making um, the rubbish curry from a jar, <laughs> you, chicken then, tonight curry. Yeah, exactly. But if you love that and, and the people you're making it for love that too, that's all right. Um, yeah. As long as there's other avenues open as well. Um, yeah. Well, but this is the thing. It's like, you know, um, I, I love a McDonald's every now and then, uh, but I, I also like lots of other things. And I think the thing is, if you just eat McDonald's, you're, you're sort of, you're not, you're, you're not giving yourself time to discover other things out there. And there's a time and a place. It's like films, you know. I, I love a big blockbuster special effects laden nonsense film sometimes. But that also, if, if that's all I see, I'm, I'm missing out. You know, I only, only have one life on this planet. It's, it's good to push your, your mind and try other things and see other types of film from different parts of the world because it's by doing that that you push yourself. Another way of looking at it is like when you're a child, you have a very simple palate. And if you let children grow up into adults with those simple palates, they turn into morons. You know, you have kids who just eat <laughs> baked beans or eat food of a particular color. And, you know, I've always pushed my kids. And so, You've you just know, described my oldest son. No, I grew up that way. You know, I grew up in a poor family. Um, you know, uh, I was eating really you know, weird Indian vegetables that my mum would cook up. And, you know, and I thought, what the hell is this? I want a crispy pancake. And she'd say, well, look, if you don't eat this, you don't get to eat. So eat up. And it's only years later I look back and thought, oh my God, she was cooking amazing exotic vegetables and incredible dishes that now I wish I knew how to cook, you know. And through eating things that had bitterness and different tastes and things that at that age I wasn't quite sure about, I, it trained my palate and I learned to appreciate other things. So through that, that, that thinking, it, it built up my expectation and expanded my horizons. You know, you've got to basically you are a product of your experience. And if you don't experience more things, whether you like them or not, is, is not the point. Open your eyes and go out and look, because that's how you you build up your brain and build up your your vision of what's possible. Um, and that that can only be a good thing, surely. I'll go with that. I I, I, I think it's, um, yeah, <laughs> we try and push our kids to eat different types of food with slightly slightly less success maybe but yeah it, it's um I, I mean i'm going going back to the whole thing about pushing yourself as, as a photographer right i'm i'm guilty as hell this year especially this year especially um in previous years i have spent more time and more effort really studying learning practicing uh, and experimenting and and that has reaped lots of rewards and i've had a thoroughly good time this year, for, for no reason, really, I've been a, a, a lot less active. And I, I if I look back and think, well, what have I achieved in photography this year? I, I don't think there's there's a much, actually, if, if anything at all. And that, so so I get because because I can see this is this is aid as, as conciliator here. <laughs> it's like, I can see I can see the adult view of the world, which is we have to keep pushing. We have to keep pushing. And I and I know right that i haven't done that and i know that i am now I, i've had a, an unproductive year in that part of my life because i haven't been pushing myself and that's why in the last few weeks i've been really talking about collaboration and, and getting some projects started to 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 get me out of this rut but i can also see the graham view because i quite often say on this very podcast i quite often say that 
the photography is the bit of my life where there doesn't have to be pressure right because i you know I, other things i have in my life especially you know work and uh, can, can cause quite a lot of pressure and actually to have a hobby where you can just um you know mooch about you know playing with things and, and not having any deliverables and not having any deadlines and not really having you know having to prove anything to anybody that can be quite relaxing in itself Oh, I, I totally agree. I, this weekend, um, Saturday, I had a, I organised a little photo walk in Brighton, and it's one of those things I was looking forward to for ages. And at one point, there were going to be about twenty people turning up, and then it turned out there were no uh, trains, <laughs> bus. There was a bus replacement service between London and Brighton, yeah, and also it was pissing down with rain. <laughs> so I, there was a point when I was stood outside the station and expecting no one to turn up. In the end, there were five of us. Um, one of them being my son, who I think my wife sent along just so that she she was worried mm-hmm. I'd be alone and upset. <laughs> um, so I had to bribe him with a burger to stay with us. But um, and on that day, I you know I I wasn't expecting to you know, push all my boundaries and come out with amazing. Work. I was just enjoying being out with some people I'd never met before, and I I, I, I dig that. I, I I love just the process of taking photographs. It's a pleasure in itself. But I think as people take photographs another way of looking at it is financially i mean i look back on how much i've spent on you know i don't i don't have a dark room i don't develop my own stuff i've spent thousands over the past couple of years just developing stuff and you know half the time i look at it and go god this is why am i doing this <laughs> you know don't get me wrong it's, it's worth it just going out and enjoying it for doing it in itself but for, for me especially I, i'm a creative I, I work as a creative director and i've had decades of experience as an art director as well so it's my kind of my job to understand different visual styles understand some art history some photography and be as eclectic as possible in what i take in because that's required for my work um so to that end i'm probably a bit more pushy towards myself as well and i always look back on everything i do every year and go what a pilot and I want to keep pushing because I just want to keep trying new things. And this is my point that, you know, yes, there, there are no rules as convention in photography, but you've got to try stuff. And if you don't, it's very easy to sit in a comfort zone um, and just, you know, yes, we, we enjoy doing what we do. And it's nice to put out a little book and, you know, enjoy that process. But surely you get to a point, surely you want to try and push your work as if you, you know, if you were doing woodwork, surely you'd want to get past a, a mitre joint and, do your own dovetail one day <laughs> some of the analogies you're coming out with today are great um, uh, but none of them i have any personal experience of <laughs> yeah, but, but with all of it it's you you build your craft right and the, the craft craft is always built is you know there's the creative part and then there's the actual technical part yeah I suppose- yes that's yeah i can totally i can totally get that uh, and it's it, it's something that um how, how do you how do you push yourself is, is 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 an interesting question always an interesting question and i think so even what you were saying there about enjoying a walk out in brighton with people that you've never met actually the way that you're pushing yourself at that point perhaps is is by doing it with people you've never met you i mean maybe that's something that yeah. you do a lot and, and you're very comfortable with and and know you enjoy but is there is there still a little bit standing there outside the railway station in the rain thinking oh what's going to happen today am i you know am i totally comfortable yeah, well, frankly, I, if no one turned up, I'd be quite happy to um, wander around myself with a camera because that's what I do on a Saturday anyway. So if I've got some company, then I'm happy. You know, so <laughs> if, it can only be a bonus. And it's nice to meet other people and because you learn off everyone, you know, no matter whether they're a professional or an amateur. Or, and again, don't get me wrong, I'm not a professional photographer. I'm, a, I'm someone who's very enthusiastic, but also, you know, like any photographer, I'll have my views on how things can be. And also I, I've had lots of experience in mentoring people and stuff. So that's something... 
and I've had a lot of experience being creative in different ways. So that's something I can give, give back if you like. Uh, but because of that, I will have strong views. So the question I have is because I think um, it can be quite easy to hear a conversation like this and feel like when we talk about pushing yourself and um, going beyond, people can start to think, well, ah, oh, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to go and shoot street photography because street photography feels like the kind of go to, oh, push yourself thing. Now, obviously, we're not, yeah. we're not talking about that. So my question is this. If you are somebody who currently is happily just kind of rolling along shooting landscapes or pictures of flowers or pictures of your family or something like that, um, and you feel in yourself like you want to kind of up your game a bit, but what what's the direction for people taking those kind of photos? You know, like like a lot of us do. Where is does that go next? Because it's very easy to go kind of you know push yourself and up again. But what is the pathway? What kind of pathways for that kind of thing do you see for people who might have absolutely no interest in going and hitting the streets or doing documentary stuff or things like that? Well, you don't have to hit. This. There's a million ways you can. I mean, you know, for a start, you could just join. Can you narrow course. that list down? I don't want to miss. Okay, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but there's a classic thing where you essentially, I think it's called the Photography Playbook. I think that's what it's called. Uh, but essentially, it's a book, and it's just full of simple things you can do to change up the way you approach photography. And it's just full of, let me just quickly type it in Google. Um, I think it's called the Photography Playbook. Um, sorry, just bear with me. I'm doing this live. That's all right. It's... Photography Playbook. Yeah, the photographer's playbook, 307 assignments and ideas. The best okay. way to learn is by doing. The photographer's playbook features photography assignments as well as ideas, stories, and anecdotes from many of the world's most talented photographers and professionals. Whether you're looking for exercises to improve your craft alone or in a group or interested in learning more about the medium, this playful collection will inspire fresh ways of engaging with bloody blah, blah. So this book is about you can buy it secondhand for £11. But it's a book, and it's just full of simple things that you can do. Really, really simple things that, you know, it might say, OK, today you're just going to here's a here's a piece of paper. You're going to shoot photographs of this paper in different ways. And the point of projects like that, it, they force you to think. So what can I do with this sheet of paper? OK, I can hang it on a piece of string and shoot its shadow. I can screw it up. I can cut it up into pieces. And the point of things like that are they make you think about what you're actually shooting and why you're shooting it. And they, then through in that. By doing that, you open up new pathways in your brain that force you to see images in different ways. And so it's full of all sorts of things. And there's lots of things like this. I think there was a set of dice that someone made uh, where you roll them and it gives you things that you can do. And it sort of sets up, you know, read that dice and read that dice. And mm -hmm. but the point is, you know, you could spend a day. OK, good, a good example I always come up with is, OK, today, just go out and look down. You're not going to look across at the world. You're not going to look up in the sky. You're just going to look at what you see on the floor and look down and spend the day looking down. What are you seeing on the floor? How can you shoot it in an interesting way? Because I think sometimes it's so the world of it, it's overwhelming because the Internet now is defined by images and content and everything looks so damn sexy and so amazingly produced. And you think oh, I can never achieve that. The point is, everyone, you start somewhere and it's not a competition. It's about just doing what you enjoy, but getting better at it. And that can't be a bad thing. And by better, I don't mean, you know, that you're bad at the moment. I just mean there's so much to learn. And that's the way of looking at it. There's so many ways of seeing. Uh, I was 
yeah i was um out on as i said on the back and paper yesterday i'm not going to call it a photo walk because i think between us we managed to take maybe six photos but it was a nice stroll and we had a pie um <laughs> with um alex uh, on friday and we were talking about all of this and um about how he looks at a lot of his pictures and there's you know a similarity to a lot of them because he's really working in um the way he's frames things and he's using the rule of thirds and because they're kind of the first things you learn it's like oh rule of thirds it's like almost the first thing anybody learns about composition um and quite often you don't move beyond that and um, we were talking about the idea of okay well picking one of the other sort of strong compositional elements go okay triangles just focus on just looking for things with like where you make a triangle or s curves or something like that within it and just focusing on that to try and get those pathways as well worn in as the rule of thirds so you've got a multitude of compositional um tools in your brain as opposed to just this kind of one go-to that um so many of us default yeah. to at the time another way of another um technique i use is look at some of your favorite films what is it about that favorite film um that you like you know a lot of the time certain films are shot in certain ways the way certain angles are for photography you know and and someone said the best the best tool you have as a photographer is your legs and that's another thing people just stand on the spot a lot of the time they don't walk around a subject they don't get down on their knees they don't stand up a lot of this stuff is very basic and i don't want to sort of you know i don't want to sound patronizing here but my point is also my my issue also with with what you the rule of thirds the word i hate there is the the word rule you know yes there's you know the golden mean and certain shapes and uh compositions if you like that are pleasing to the human eye uh, and that's just nature if you like and that's just the way things work but don't see it as a rule you know every rule is there to be broken yes it's good to understand it but don't define everything you do by it once you learn a rule then you can break it you know um but there, there's so many other things out there and people get too caught up in the technical side i mean realistically i i i used to direct uh film shoots so tv ads and things and cinema ads on 35 super 35 mil i mean you know massive expensive film shoots where you'd have like trucks full of lighting out and a you know 40 50 grand shoot over a day uh and the pressure was immense i didn't know a damn thing about cameras all I focused on was what did I want to see? What was the image I wanted to see? I had a director of photography who would, you know, create that image for me. But my point is, and that's always the way I've approached it as well. I've thought of the image first then looked at how can I achieve that from a technical perspective? If you get, to, we, we also, the, the, the thing about what we do now, we all, you know, I, I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone else. I love cameras. They're gorgeous things. We get caught up in the whole, you know, camera porn thing and um, just, having x y and z camera and lens and but once you get past that you realize you know what i could have shot this on my old mtl3 i didn't need this pentax 67 uh in all reality because frankly it's it's an, a total totally excessive and a waste of money unless i'm counting the pixels you know and also that for me the my, my big thing my, my big bugbear the sort of the pixel peeping the thing about sharpness you know that word <laughs> sharpness just drives me mental frankly compared to the the 50s and 60s pretty much every lens you buy nowadays is really bloody decent you know um and so let's almost forget all that for a moment just pick up your the camera you like and just start go out one day and say i'm going to take pictures of the type that i don't normally take that's a good start point it's really simple that is nice, actually. Yes, 
I, I like that. And I, I know what you mean about the, the cameras as well. You know, I did especially um, uh, it, it, I, I've been trying to whittle down my cameras. I'm not really a camera collector. I sort of trying to get to the, the, the one of the, the one instance of each type that I really, really get on with. And I think I'm all right. Uh, mostly there. And I, 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 uh, I guessed it on a, on the, the classic lenses podcast a little while ago and uh i remember that (laughs) i remember that yeah i've I've got to confess and and i said this to the boys at the time on the podcast i i'm I'm somewhat of a loss i don't really know anything about lenses i know my brain works roughly in a 50 mil although i prefer a 45 mil if i can um and and you know uh, uh and i know my brain works in aperture priority but beyond that i'm not really that fussed and and i shoot you know one of one of my one of my most often used lens at least in the, in the 35 mil is a nikon uh it, it, it it's a plastic 100 pound 50 mil lens 1.8 lens yeah. um uh, and uh i it's never really occurred to me to buy another one <laughs> <laughs> well no that's not true it has occurred to me but i've never really been able to figure out every time i ask myself the question will i take better photographs if i buy that other lens the answer comes back no there yeah, are there I are mean... one or two exceptions one or two exceptions where and i think medium format you mentioned medium format and uh, i do perceive with one particular lens on one particular camera and graham would be able to say it but i'll say it anyway it's the 75 mil lens on my bronica that I do feel does something different that I can see and that I really, really like. But it's about yeah, the I mean, only lens that I've got that does that. <laughs> yeah, there are some lenses that achieve something others can't. Um, but, you know, go back, I, I had this obsession with medium format for a while. So I had a Mamiya 645 Pro TL. And then I, oh, Christ, I went and bought this uh, Yashica. I thought I'd tr- I'll try a TLR. A, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Everything I end up with is double exposed because, you know, the process you go through is so punishing to just sort your shots out and get them all done. B, I look like a twat when I walk around with this box and, and <laughs> Do looking not down. Blame the and I can't. For that. <laughs> and, um, and it just takes so long. And for me, it, it's, it, I, I find I'm fighting the kit. I'm totally with you. Most be invisible. And it, whatever kit makes it invisible. So I got, I got rid of my Leica M7 because of that. Um, I, I love the camera. It's beautiful. I, I, and also, I wanted to know how it felt to have a Leica. And don't get me wrong, they are bloody gorgeous things. And I still miss the feel of it in my hands because they are just really special pieces of engineering. So I've got no problem with that. And I get it. I get it why people love Leicas. So do I. But then I thought, you know what, well, I'm just going to get um, a Minolta CLE. So I flogged it in for the third of the price. I've got Minolta CLE. It does what that, the Leica can do, uses all the same lenses. Um, but do I even use it? I, I realize actually, you know what? I like a rangefinder, but I'm actually more of a, an SLR person. And yeah, you know, I've got a Nikon FM3 and it's gorgeous. And, you know, it's the one camera, it's the one I'd keep if my house was on fire sort of thing. It's the one I'd rescue. But day in, day out, I just love my Pentax ME Super. It fits in my hand. It's so quick and instinctive to use. And I just know it. I feel it so well. And so whatever works well for you don't don't make things harder for yourself by feeling you should know this bit of kit all the you know it's just a box that holds a bit of film with the lens in front that's all it is the rest is guff yeah I, so i gotta well i don't even know where to start with that because there's so much in there that i agree with <laughs> the tlr <laughs> thing i tried a tlr um it was doing the rounds it's one of m's tlrs that's do, doing the rounds um and it came it came via it came to be my turn which i was grateful for um and i could not take a single shot with it 
For one thing, it was do- I couldn't focus it very easily. I mean, it was fine, yeah. but I couldn't focus it. The other thing is, every time I got my every, I always turned the wrong way. Yes, like the opposite <laughs> thing drives me mental. And 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 I just, I was like, why why is that fun? <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just not fun. That's just incredibly frustrating because it's stopping me from capturing the thing that I want to cap that I've seen, and I have precious few actual you know creative skills as it is if i see something that i think it might look good i'd like to be able to capture it in the easiest way possible (laughs) yes and every time i went to take a shot with this tlr i just ah it's frustrating as as hell the the rangefinder thing is interesting as well i i have trained tried a rangefinder not a top class one but i have tried and i don't get on with them at all i don't like rangefinders at all i don't have any like a lust in the slightest um, because I much prefer to use an SLR. I don't know why. Um, yeah, well, I agree. They, they, I just find them quicker. I, 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 I can understand. You know, with rangefinder, you line up the image, but am I seeing it in focus? I want to actually see the way my eye sees. I want to see something defocus, and I want to see it actually achieve focus and know that it's actually in focus. You know, um, that's why I love an SLR. They, you, you get that, and for me, it's the quickest understanding translation from eye to brain sort of thing, um, mm-hmm. eye to hand or whatever. And I, I understand what it's doing, so I, I feel confident when I take the shot. But even with my Leica, I was okay. Yeah, this sort of feels right, and technically, yes, I just have believe in the kit and it should do it. But it just didn't feel instinctive, and I think that's a word for me. That's interesting. Yeah, because I can, I I think that that works for me. So in in the th- I guess the the three three of my favourite film cameras, two of them are actually the same. Nikon FE twos, what I use rather than an FM three, but yeah. si- similar kind of thing. Um, yeah. And uh, I had two. I have two of those. And when I bought them, um, uh, both of them second hand. These are not ones I've had forever or anything like that. They're both. Yeah. Um, one of them had a focus screen in it that was uh completely blank um no focusing aids in it just a matte screen and the other one had a split prism one yes uh and i uh i i i really couldn't get on with the split prism what? i actually had it replaced <laughs> really yeah you lost him wow i had it replaced so so in it's one of the things i love about the bronica as well you could you could drown in the viewfinder on the bronica right so i have a i have a a, a prism on the bronica um yeah so it's, i'm not using it as a waist level finder it has a prism and it's a metered prism but that's another thing um but that has no focusing aids in it or no split prism no nothing um and that for, uh, and I, on the nikon i actually had it replaced because i just couldn't get on it was a distraction it's like there's this thing in the middle of my shots <laughs> oh I, I love a split because I, I kind of feel the most confident when i because i've got a contacts rts2 and it's beautiful but it's just got a circle in the middle and then when the the area outside the circle is out of focus like you get these weird dots and it just feels a bit weird and i'm never quite confident whereas with a split prism i feel like a you know five-year-old it's like lego these two bits are slotted together i know it's in focus or as, as much as in focus as it can be so i can take the shot you know because that that's the bit that i you know i i want to be i want that to be easy and i, I think a lot of the time with photography because you get people especially with film because you know you've got lots of younger people coming into it they haven't got a clue about where to start so they read all these reviews and all these things and i did it myself you know um and you want you want to try that kit out and you want to sort of feel and you you can end up punishing yourself and think I should know how this works. Why why doesn't this work for me? It works for other people. Just go with what works for you. It's really really easy. 
Yeah, that's that's film. definitely important. But I, I can't help but feel that all this talk about how different cameras are, uh, are are part of the problem and part of the solution. I can't help but feel that that is undermining the conversation we were having earlier about none of that mattering. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it doesn't I matter. Say, I, before, before we move on, I just want to say, because I feel like somebody has to stand up before we get letters and letters, which I will have to read out uh, in <laughs> defense of TLR. You do have your own show now where you can do that. It's okay. I know. You can and make that, that a really long you, one. Is that the show where you just describe photographs? I was trying to listen to that today. <laughs> There's a man on a hill and there's a slight purple tinge to the left and there's some trees and I'm like, oh my god what what are you doing? Well the good thing about the good thing about being in the creative industry, Anna, is that we don't have any ego. We've lost that a long time. So if you'd like to give Graham some honest feedback, that'd be great. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care. I never had an ego. Anyway, getting back to point I want to make and with TLRs (laughs) is that um because I know that there are a lot of people who love shooting with TLRs and it does fly slightly in the face of your earlier statement about, you know, push yourself. Try something different. Try shooting in a way you don't. And you then go, oh, this format is a bit hard, though. Because the thing about TLRs are that they put you in a completely different position for taking photos and put you in a way of seeing the world in a different way and operating in a different way, um, which actually can make a difference to the way that you're taking pictures. Yeah, I, so, I would argue I would argue that... that I'm okay, sure you would. My, going back to my <laughs> no curry analogy things. here, um, that it, there are easier ways to start. It's as simple as that. Don't get me I wrong. Have, you know, they beautiful objects but they, they, they don't fit me for my day-to-day stuff i'm not going to sell my tlr um uh, and but you know it, it's always nice to try that stuff but just find the thing that works easy for you and just just push yourself with that because it, you know and then you start to build up on your skills then you start to learn about other ways then you can start to but push yourself within a, a, a very comfortable zone is what you're saying so, push yourself so Graham, you're, sound, you're sounding very much like a camera collector rather than a photographer at that point no, push, no, pushing I'm yourself to, pushing yourself doesn't medium. mean pushing yourself doesn't mean buying a new type of camera <laughs> oh no i agree but i think i think i think that sometimes the format change can dictate a difference in direction completely and i think tlr's the, you know, the reason you and um, Anil both dislike them is because they are such a different experience to shoot with. And that can that is part of like, OK, here's another direction you can go down. Here's another direction you can explore. It's not like, oh, this is a different SLR yeah, or this is a my, different lens. My analogy to that would be, OK, the... the <laughs> How many analogies to, did you bring? It's like having Jesus on the show, isn't it? it? Tell us a parable, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, OK, if it's... A TLR makes you view that well, just the, the process of looking through the thing, making it all opposite and upside down is makes it more difficult. OK, if you're just trying to learn things or new ways to see the world, do it in the most direct way you can be that a range finder or a, an SLR. That would be my my personal view on it. Anyway, other people may disagree. That's fine. But my point is the easiest way to get from A to B to start once you start getting good at that and you know expanding then you can try using other things and again the point people everyone out there we're not that again these are not rules and they, you can do what the bloody hell you like we're just talking about the stuff here but i i just get so annoyed this whole world gets so caught up and suddenly everyone goes oh god you know i use a tli it's easy and yeah well good for you you know that's fine but it's like you know it's easier to learn to drive a car than a lorry surely right the car's got what four gears uh, and, um, and, uh, and in fact, that's another great analogy. Let's go there. You, it's easier to learn to drive. A, you know, if you're driving a car, an automatic car is easier to learn than a stick shift car. And a lorry is easier to drive. Uh, a lorry is harder to drive if you're learning than an automatic car. 
surely. Surely we can yeah. agree on that. We can agree on that. Yes. But so we are talking about point, not we're not talking about necessarily the beginning, we're talking about pushing further beyond that. Yes. Not just pushing, the beginnings. Pushing is not what what I mean you're talking about pushing in terms of uh making the kit you're shooting with more complicated than it has to be in in the first instance. If you're first learning to use a camera and um you want to find the camera that's as easy and direct the most easy and direct way to 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 shoot with, then you understand that. Then you can move on kit wise. But um, for me, I think that the, the whole thing about the, the art of the photography or the images we create, that's what we're trying to talk about. And you, you want to make that as easy as possible for yourselves. And for me, bring a TLR into the equation, I find that really restrictive with photography. But again, for me, the TLR isn't the important bit. I, I want to get to the end game of what are the images we're creating? You know, what are people doing in terms of pushing the, the art or the images they create? Um, yes, you know, using a TLR can force you to make shoot differently because you kind of have to because you're looking down into the thing but then for me that's a restriction <laughs> i i i i think i i think i i have to agree with anna on this one graham sorry uh-huh. but i think pushing <laughs> i think pushing yourself is so how do i i'm trying to think of a a, a good set of words to describe to describe this because i think uh, I, when I'm hearing you know, push and do things that are uncomfortable, I'm thinking in terms of the output, the, crea- the yes. creative output. Exactly. And, and you know, for me, if you're going to push yourself, you, you, it, it, I, I, from, from my professional career, I've, I've had a lot, for a long time, because I do a lot of consultancy work, for a long time I've had a, a, a kind of rule of thumb that it's okay when you're working with a new team of people to expect them to learn things. You have a right to expect them to learn things, especially when you're training them, you know. Um, but it's, I don't think you do have a right to expect them to learn things in a foreign language. And I think for me, the the thing about a camera there is, yeah, an, a, it doesn't need to be a TLR, just a strange camera. It's taking away some of your brain power for pushing yourself creatively because you're having to use some of that brain power to work mechanically. And yeah, and, and I think it's about uncoupling your your mental view of the of the idea that a more a better camera will make you take better pictures. It's as simple as that. Oh, don't say that! You'll true. ruin the classic lenses. Have you? Have you? You spoken to Carl in person? Oh my yeah. God! You're going to break his heart. He's no, no I tell you what. Lenses this week in search of that perfect lens. No, but it's interesting. I've been talking to Carl on Facebook Messenger, and Carl, you know, he did. He was taking lots of photos, testing lenses of flowers and things close up, and he's started to now. And he said it many times that he lives in this town, and this is. A, a, I'm sure a lot of people identify with this you tread the same path every day. You, you almost get to the point where you've run out of things to photograph in the area that you live in because you know it so damn well. So sometimes you have to change up what kind of things you're photographing. So he started doing more and plucked up the, the courage to start stopping people and asking if he can take their pictures. And he started doing street portraits. And, and now he's started doing more documentary projects. So he's going to places and started to photograph people at work doing things. So he's gone away from just doing photographs that test lenses but you know that is the point of that podcast they are talking about the technical thing and so that that is their thing um but you know in himself he's now trying different things and it's only by getting over your internal barriers a lot of the time and that's what i do a lot on my photo walks i'll sort of mentor people and say look okay and i try and coach people to to do that because that's the first step as well 
You have to get out of your comfort zone. It's as simple as that. And I don't mean kit wise. I mean, in terms of what you're doing and what you're trying. And I think when people aren't creative, as in creatively trained, because when you're creatively trained, part of what you're you do is you're you're you go into crit meetings and everything you do is criticized by your peers and you get used to it and you start to see your work objectively. And that's the other thing is, you know, you can only start to create more interesting work if you start to be as objective as you can be as well. You know, I, I take, oh my God, I, I, and I'm glad, I, you know, I shoot lots of stuff with digital and I'm glad because, you know, if I was shooting it all on film, I'd, have, I'd be broke. You know, the amount of guff I shoot, the amount of crap, but I, tr I like to mess around and try stuff out and you've got to. It's as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you a story? So, because this is something that I, you know, I, I did this weekend, and and I have no, I don't think it worked actually. But there you go. So we've been talking the last couple of weeks about collaborations, and I'm now uh, actually really this is moving on almost day by day. There's a group of seven of us now, and we've got a little, little Twitter group, and we're just chatting and trying to push ourselves, trying to do some level of collaboration. We haven't got an, an output in mind just yet, but we're, I want to make sure that everybody has the chance to to, to contribute to what the output might be but I, I found myself with a few uh a, a spare hour or so at the weekend and uh I, I I thought well okay well I'll give this a go and uh my my boy had to do a, an assignment a homework assignment uh which for some reason involved building a pyramid out of lego and then um using that as a scene for some sort of jedi battle <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know whether I didn't know this, the 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 Jedi were around in ancient Egypt, but there you go. That's what he's been studying at school, apparently. So great school, um, and uh, the you know sorry, I feel guilty now. It is actually a really good school. <laughs> <laughs> but I took this shot, so it meant that I had um, this this little Lego pyramid that he'd made with some figures around it, and I stuck it on a a, a plain table. I put through a brown blanket on the table, got a soft box out, a couple of lights, and sort of started taking some photographs of it. And uh, I thought, okay, well, you know, that fits roughly within the brief of, of what I'm doing in this little collaborative group. Because on one hand, we explore, I'm exploring with Barnaby a theme of childhood memories, what reminds you of ch childhood. And definitely there was a lot of Lego in my childhood. And then on the other hand, uh, the other theme in that group is is about manipulating light because, you know, uh, rather than just accepting what light is there. Um, I thought, okay, so I'll do this. So I, did, I shot a load of digital photos because um, I didn't happen to, uh, I wanted to get something out quickly as a concept before I went any further. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, I'll play around. I played around with it in some apps on my phone. I printed it onto Instax and then, you know, scanned it as an Instax and post posted it up on the group and said, you know, is this art or is it works? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what out of that right so i put something that i i was pretty confident was rubbish right i put something that i was pretty confident that was rubbish on a on a not a public group a private group i'm not sure i would have been brave enough to do it publicly but uh and it wouldn't have served the purpose anyway but i put it out there and actually out of that came a bit of a conversation about actually no this thing worked this this little bit worked here and if you did this and 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 for me that actually you know that that, that was that was pushing myself because i don't do that but i instant you know you get that feedback and that's that i can feed off the feedback and go and do the next stage of it and start developing ideas that are going to be better informed maybe not by critique as such but certainly by collaboration so yeah you know, it's and that 
that I think I don't know where I've I've kind of lost myself down a rabbit hole at this point <laughs> in the conversation. But but bringing it back to some of the topics, I mean that for me is pushing myself more than perhaps buying a new camera would be. <laughs> Yeah, but, but that, 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 what's good there is, you know, uh, okay, let, let's rewind. The, the, the reason we're, we're having this this subject matter today is because Jeremy thought my book was shit. And so, but that's fine because he didn't have to like it. I, I like the fact that he was honest with his opinion and that then raised the issue that of, of you know, we, but, you know, what, what makes a good photograph and do we as, as a, if you like, a, a film photography community, push ourselves enough or beyond that i think it's about do we have thick thick enough skins and i think that's another way of looking at it you know we should stop being such delicate doilies and precious about everything we do you know i i take photographs every day that i think are bloody great um but other people may not like them and that's fine because that's their opinion and we may not agree with them i might still think it's a great photograph and that's my right to but it's their their right also to say i don't think that's very good um and also through doing that you also discover whose opinions you find useful. And I don't mean that in the sense that who's who are the people that agree with you, because that's just sitting in your comfort zone. And that's the worst thing you can do. But the people who give you feedback, that is interesting. And I think that's really, really key. You should surround yourself with people who, you know, do have honesty, um, but also, you know, in a positive, supportive way, because that's, that, that's important as well. But we should just learn to to be a bit more if, especially if we want to push our work and sort of do new things just toughen up a little bit yeah can't what... argue with that <laughs> <laughs> it's hard though because there isn't a good venue out there to go anywhere to uh develop a tougher skin a tougher hide as it were um you can go somewhere and get there's no middle ground there's no gradual introduction to it there's no okay you you go from the um uh very um, supportive or however you want to view it but the kind of the fact that uh, these days uh, most pictures that get shared uh people just go oh that's great that's really nice whether they're doing it to be nice to be supportive whether they're doing it because they mean it whether they're doing it because they just feel like they want to say something and you know obviously your mileage varies on that um there's not a good middle ground. And I think that's the thing that's really lacking full stop, not just in our community, but in any community, sort of a good um, place where people can kind of dip their toe into, okay, I want to expose my work to some um, critique uh, and accept that I'm going to maybe get told things I don't necessarily like hearing, but get it done in a way that, you know, is palatable and from people who I'm, happy taking it from i mean or do you know of a venue well for me i think firstly one of the the worst places to do it a lot of the time is social media because (laughs) because um a there's a lot of idiots out there who just say things for a response and there's not the supportive thing also you know context can be lost in you know 144 characters or whatever twitter is you know and that you see that all the time someone's missed the point and it ends up in some long argument where nothing actually happened for me that's why i love a photo walk that's why i love the the real world physical engagement because if someone looks at you and goes i don't like your photograph but you're seeing their eye contact you 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 straight away as a human being you get the context and you you understand them a bit more whereas if someone just says that as a tweet it, it sounds bloody harsh whoever they are <laughs> And the, but this is the point, you know, we, A, we should be just toughen up on social media anyway. Also, if you put, post something, be prepared for someone to say they don't like it and also be prepared to ignore it because there's always someone out to, you know, miss the point or just is in a different mood to the mood you're in, in you know, and, and, and is 
against the spirit of the, the post, if you like, and things can get out of hand very quickly. And then that whole thing becomes really negative for you. So, you know, ask yourself as well, you know, how fragile am I? And is this something I, I'm happy to do? Or am I actually, if I, I'm honest, just looking for someone to say, oh, God, that's great. Aren't you fantastic? Because if you are, then, you know, you're, you're not going to be pushing yourself or just ask your mum. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, but it's simple. It's like, you know, what are you after? And but that, that goes back. That's why I love a photo walk, because on a photo walk, I meet people. As soon as I meet people face to face, you get a sense of them. And then I also get a sense of, OK, who am I actually going to talk to on this walk or is this person a moron do i really want to spend that time with them but you know we're human beings we get a sense of each other and also you if, if you want positive you know good if you want to push yourself you have to you have to put yourself out there you, you know nothing ventured nothing gained and you've got to you know break a few eggs to make an omelet and all and so on <laughs> so that hasn't put everybody off going on a photo walk with Anil. No, I, I, you know, when I, when I he will either walk. be critical of your work or he will just so, avoid so you. So let me ask you, let, let me on. ask this question then. So Anil, yeah. I got it. I got it. There's, there's, so that there are there are those of us in the world who are um, process oriented people, and there are those of us in the world who are output and outcome oriented people. Now, the way you've just described a photo walk is very much from an output point of view. <laughs> right it's or, or an outcome point of view um uh, and that sounds um uh yeah that that that, that sounds good but it's no. not every, it's not the reason everybody does it is it so no, and it's okay. like for me it's like shopping actually that that the, the analogy works for me for shopping right i hate shopping um when i need to go and get something i try and work out exactly what it is that i need to go and get and if i can buy it off the internet and have it delivered that's even better and if i can't and i actually have to go to the shops then i i, I will do my best to to make sure that i'm in and out quick as a flash right and that yeah. makes no sense to a lot of other people who really love shopping yeah as, as well, a process that, you've hit on a good point there so you know i don't i'm, I'm not i don't you're you go on a photo walk with me i'm not no no okay good example is uh, one, of the, one of the people who turned up on the photo walk was a young lad called matt hello matt i'd imagine you're going to hear this at some point um so matt i'd never met before he's in his early 20s and he had a little fuji digital camera and we were going out and you know um i was trying to show him how to zone focus basically and because and I explained that in the act of zone focusing, you can take the camera away from your eye. You can hold it down near your knees and look up at people and just shoot without focusing. Um, and you get a different type of shot. Now, we were having trouble with his camera. It just wasn't quite responding. But we got a few out there and he sort of saw and understood. And I showed him things for context as well. So the point is photography and, and interestingly matt and the, the other the another lady who came along uh zaza she said as well she said you know what, you go on these walks and a lot of photographers don't want to give their knowledge away and i thought wow what a bunch of workers. you know this is not a competition you know for me creativity is about you know what's the point of learning things if you can't share them um it's not a competition you know if, totally if someone comes that, on, yeah. out on a walk they're out a to socialize but b a lot of people they've never been on a walk they're terrified also you know I, i'm i'm nearly 50 i've been out with people i've done things and i you know i've got that experience and someone half my age turns up i'm not going to be a dick to them and i don't want to be a dick the point of this is a it's a social thing if we can't get on socially and just go out and have a nice day what's the point of anything and b you know, it's nice to come away having learned and we all learn from each other. You know, I learned about his camera. I'd never had to go with that particular camera. I learned from everyone. 
And so it, a, there's, a, there's a uniting spirit between us all, which is that, that sense of collaboration and being together and just enjoying each other's company, which I love about photography, um, especially uh, film photography. The digital the community it can get really, really wanky, for want of a better word, and all these kit-obsessed pixel peepers. Uh, but the film photography has got that friendly sense. But also, at the same time, it's nice to learn from each other. And it's nice to, you know, I, I've been on walks and there are people with, you know, who've done amazing work and I want to find out how they do it. And we should all learn from each other and we should all not be afraid to ask and we should not be afraid to share that knowledge. But we should also, you know, want to, you know, understand and build our skills, surely. No, that's true. Uh, yeah. that, that is completely true. But I think as, as long as, I suppose, as long as people are going into it knowing that, yeah, I, I, like I said I went for a photo walk on Friday, and me and my friend just ambled around, <laughs> taking no pictures, talking mostly just nonsense, um, yeah. and and had a pie. <laughs> well, you know, most of my a lot of the walks I have are essentially a photographic pub crawl. You know, that's the truth of it. But that the point of it is, and that's valid in itself, uh, because the, the socialising and getting to know people. It is really important. So whether you do it over a coffee or a beer or whilst you're walking around, that that's that's you're going to get as much out of that because that will help your confidence, and that will that will help you think. And that's when conversations spring up, you know. So it's that's as much of it. That that that's where to me the community should come in. It should be supportive. It should be questioning. Um, you know, we're not there to punish each other, but you know, surely we want to just you know start to do better work. That's the yeah. thing, isn't it? Yes, it's it's it's, it's it's not black and white like that, is it? It's finding the finding the the uh, the the way of working together that is both constructive, but also allows for some level of education and critique. Yeah, because um, otherwise you don't, you know, you surely want to progress in whatever you do. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> there's a, well, I respectfully submit to you, sir, that there's an assumption in that. <laughs> Well, okay. If you're if you if you cook, surely you want to get better at cooking and learn new recipes. Simple way of putting it. So I I personally I personally agree with you, but I I observe that that's not what it is for everybody. But that's that's okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's room in this for everybody. So yeah, but, no. But this I, I'm not I'm not denying any of the other stuff. You know, cooking is social as well. You know, cooking. I I like to on a Saturday afternoon because I'm busy all week. I like to put some music on. And just, I enjoy the process of cooking. I enjoy every part of it, you know, getting the, going to buy the ingredients, preparing them, laying everything out nicely and cooking. It's as, that's as enjoyable to me as eating the thing. Oh God, I'd rather go shoot with a TLR. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, don't ever ask me to taste one of your curries then, mate. <laughs> I wouldn't know which, I wouldn't know which end to start. <laughs> no, I, I, I find cooking stressful. So. Oh. It's uh yeah it's uh, as almost as stressful as using a TLR. Actually, to be fair, I probably would rather cook something than go shooting with a TLR. That just goes to show how much I dislike shooting with a TLR. But maybe I should persevere. I don't know. Who knows? It's uh, so okay. So um, have we fixed the internet yet in, with this conversation? No, I think we've broken everything. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think this is I think this is great because you know, and everyone should. It's you can't. You've you've got to just question things whatever you do in your life you know you, you've got to question everything you do sometimes surely you can't just pootle along d doing the same thing things get boring oh yeah surely. yeah i de de definitely suffer from boredom if things are too much the same for any length of time so yeah totally with you on that one 
I think um, I think the one the thing that I'm sort of taking away from this mostly um, is that the a, a really good way of at least seeing a direction you might want to go that is expose yourself to as much different art as possible and a, a photo walks a great way of going and seeing the way other people are do it doing it or um you know i mean we try and get a, a really varied um collection of people on the podcast who are doing interesting stuff or go on instagram and twitter but look in the places that you don't normally look look beyond where perhaps you're used to seeing your photographs and look yeah. at people doing stuff that's different because you you never know where that may take you um i god i mean many years ago now it was google plus that was their half-assed short-lived social network thing wasn't it was that google plus Yes. I can't even remember. Yeah, I think it's I think still it's still there. going, but yes. <laughs> Is it? Well, there you go. Nobody cares. Anyway, I was briefly on there, and um, because it and it was quite it was a good vibrant photography group on there. You know, there was a lot of people, um, and there was just one person's work who I saw, a guy called um, Ivan Pavlukin, who's a Russian photographer, uh, and his work has like stuck with me forever, and it really it probably did fundamentally shift the what I thought photography could be at that point like, oh oh you can do that as well oh that's a, oh great um and if i just hadn't been out there seeking out stuff that was different from what i was shooting then i would never come across that um I, but i think you can quite easily get into that thing of you you look at stuff that you're is similar to what you're shooting because you want to compare yourself to it and how's this thing and then and get into a bit of a a rut so if going on photo walks going joining a local camera club finding a different groups on the internet can put more stuff in front of you that could be a really good way of seeing where the next step can be for you yeah just do whatever it takes to sort of ease yourself out of your comfort zone whether it that's starting to visit galleries and looking at stuff or just picking up random magazines and looking at the photography and i mean in adverts or watching new types of film there are a million without unlimited ways of seeing the world and it's very easy to get up caught especially when you look online and this is the thing about that photography world there are so many cliches you know and you you get just stuck in that world of cliches look at something that isn't photography go to a gallery you know look at someone's drawings just look at other stuff it's a visual medium and there there are there's conventions but there's not rules well said Anil. i think um i think that's probably the most important oh, thing and, and maybe can it's... i can i just end on this with um thank you jeremy for your uh, for buying the book it'll allow me to buy uh, probably about four rolls of fomapan 200 for that <laughs> lovely gray look for my shots <laughs> <laughs> oh okay all right give with one the... hand and take away with the other I like, See, the, I problem, like the problem I like you it. have is though Anil, you've got another book coming out now yes, I have. are you going to be able to sell Jeremy another one. I think See? he'd love this new book. <laughs> okay, so, well. So what, so what is the new book then? Come okay, on, let's, time, time for the shameless plug. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's not. It's not in, it, well, it's um, something I've been working on for four years. So uh, I moved to my local town 11 years ago. And at the time I was working full time and commuting to London. And then in 2013, I went freelance, which gave me lots of free time. And... Um, the context of this book is, so I was born in this country. I'm the son of immigrant parents, so Indians who came from East Africa, kicked out by Idi Amin, uh, literally given, I think it was 90 days to leave the country or else. Um, my father came to this country. He had a British passport. 
and he started working in a factory literally the day after he arrived in the UK that in 1968. And I can't, you can't imagine how hard that life was. He had three daughters and a wife left over in Kenya. He had to work to make money to bring them over. Um, and then, um, so growing up in the 70s in Britain, if you were of my color and you walked into a pub, it was horrible for want of a better word the the atmosphere you would get i mean there was a time when my dad came home beaten up in a police car just for going into a pub for a pint after work um but that gave me a view of pubs and a view of britain um that and all the the, the rampant national front stuff going on back then um but that was a view that never left me and i always found it difficult walking into a pub because um you know, if you're English and you walk into a pub that you don't know, it's hard enough. You know, you know what it's like. It's like what the slaughtered lamb in uh, um, American Wolf in London. You know, the, every, it goes silent. Everyone looks at you and either they turn around and carry on or they carry on looking at you. And they'd always carry on looking at us. So I never I was never a pub person, but I found a pub in my town. Uh, about five years ago and I started going there and I just loved the atmosphere in there and I started to get to know a few people slowly I started going there with my sketchbook and I started sitting in the corner sketching and through that I got to talking to people slowly I started bringing my cameras in and then I st slowly I started taking pictures and so essentially over the past four years five years I've, I've been taking photos of life in that pub and the pub itself and so the book is almost a love story to the English pub and for me what what's brilliant about this country and what's brilliant about pubs um you know they're accepting when you find the right one you feel at home they're accepting they're full of just really interesting people from all different walks of life they do stuff for the community uh and they're just you know a, a, an absolute sort of you know central part of the culture um and the town wouldn't be the same without it. So this book is about uh, my local pub, the Duke of Wellington, which we call the Welly. And I've been taking photos there and it's going to be like, a, I think it's an 84 page book, A4 book. It's in color and black and white and it features words, photographs and drawings. Uh, probably about 80% of the pictures are, have been shot on film with all sorts of different cameras from point and shoot to medium format. Uh, quite a lot of them are in focus. Um, but <laughs> The point of the book is it's just it's just just a document of life in a pub and the, the, the my idea is yes it's about this particular pub but it, it could be about any pub it just could be about your pub whatever your pub is because it's just full of characters and people and just life and just that everydayness um, and i love the idea of a pub because it's not people in the pub aren't your sort of main mates or your best friends they're sort of people you come across in this sort of it's like, i call it like a youth a youth club with alcohol um it's this lovely middle ground and then you go and you have a few drinks and you walk away and you see each other every now and then but the, the pub is the place where you all sort of congregate so yeah it's a book called the welly i'm going to be doing an open day uh, and a talk in the pub when i, I launch it on the 8th of december uh, but then I'll, i'd imagine um i'll be putting it on my site for sale as well so um anyway quick plug <laughs> That's cool. It sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. What you said, there's words in the book. What sort of thing are we going to expect with that? The words are is sort of my view of the pub and um, just sort of an observer's view of life in this pub. And so it's, it's not like loads and loads of words, but there's paragraphs here and there just talking about it. And it's not, you know, a comprehensive piece of local, you know, history, if you like. It's just my view as a photographer and as an individual of just being in this pub and the things I've come across. So it's from my point of view. You know, there's a whole section on just the dogs that I see in the pub. 
Um, there's a whole section on the garden. And then there's a whole section where it's just photographs of, not of people, just life moments in the pub, the, the, the way the clock looks on the wall as it slowly ticks away, the way the light shines through the stained glass and travels across the floor, you know, throughout the afternoon. Just, it's, so it's, it's quite atmospheric. Um, and as well as that, it's full of pictures of locals and characters and things. So it's a little sort of a touch, a touch of social history, but I'm not going deeply into sort of, you know, facts and figures and history. Though the pub has a massive history. Um, it's just a sort of little document of my view of the place. Is, um, is there anywhere on, on your website or anywhere where you've got sort of examples of the work so people can kind of see to get a feel for it? <laughs> to know what they're buying. <laughs> so, so maybe the, we don't get a repeat uh, yeah. the last time. There will be. I'm, I'm going to make uh, 50 copies to start with. I'd imagine I'll probably sell quite a few um, on the day it goes out. But the idea is I'll, I'll put it on my website, which is annalmystery.com, um, in, the, in the shop bit uh, once I've sort of got it. It's coming back from the printers this Thursday, so I'm just praying that it's all come out okay. Um, and um, then after the 8th of December, I think I'll, I'll put it up there. That sounds great. Do you? I, I know you said you know, you've been in the creative industry your whole working life, and this. Yeah. Do you do you get any nerves at all before putting something? Do you do you think okay, I, you know, here's a creative thing. I've spent four years putting this together. Is there any frisson at all? Of like, oh, I wonder what people's response will be, or is it like, oh, do it, fire it out there, don't care. I'm a, I'm a callous husk now. I've I've been worn. My emotions have been worn to a, a <laughs> blunted nub. I don't care. And done on to the next one. Well, if, if anything, I'm concerned, you know, because I've only taken you can't be comprehensive with anything like that. There's going to be people, you you know, whose photographs aren't going to be in that. And that's what I'm a little bit worried about, actually, because they'll be, you know, they'll try to get all, if you like, the local faces or characters and regulars there. But there'll be people who, you know, it's, I'm worried about hurting people's egos, really, that, you know, people who probably thought, oh, I should have been in that book. And that's mm. the problem, because with something like that, it can get political as well. Um, so I'm just hoping that that's okay. Um, but I've just, uh, but then that's the point of it. And I, I, you know, I had a word with myself before going about putting it together. It's like, whose book is this? It's my book and it's the things I've seen, the people I've got to know. It's not the pub's book, if that makes sense though. I've done mm -hmm. it in sort of, as a sense of collaborate in a collaborative spirit with the pub and every sale of the book will contribute money towards a charity that they support as well. Um, but it can only help them as a, a pub as well. And, um, you know they're very supportive of it and they're looking forward to it and um so i'm i'm just hoping that everyone's as happy as they can be and, th and this goes back to my other point with with your photo photographic well you can't please everyone and you shouldn't try to it's not your job to please everyone you should do what you feel is right and you you know and, and always keep trying things because otherwise you, you have to ask yourself who are you taking photographs for are you taking photographs for other people or for yourself are you taking photographs to get likes on facebook or are you taking photographs for yourself seems like a good place to end that i don't know do you have any more thoughts on that i think we've done full circle haven't we tonight uh we've talked <laughs> talked about our own work we've talked about things that get in the way of our own work things that facilitate our own work and and yeah there's a there's, there's a huge amount in there um uh but yeah i don't think i have any can you tell by the way i'm talking i don't have anything sensible left to add to the conversation <laughs> <laughs> so well, should we tell you so should we call it quits there then <laughs> yeah well, okay. i think essentially yeah everyone you're crap and it's all uh graham's fault
Eh, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> Send your hate mail to me. <laughs> as usual. Okay. Yeah, as usual. Yeah. All right. So, so Anna, um, great to great to talk to you after after sure. hearing you on the show previously, and 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 you know, a few few things going between us on Twitter and other forums every now and again. Um, have you enjoyed yourself tonight? No, I have. It's been great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really, really appreciate it all the time. Has it been good therapy? Uh, well, the whiskey I've been drinking has been good therapy. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is just my daily job. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> Graham, has it been therapeutic for you? Uh, it's always a treat to get to talk to Anil and um, and argue. Uh, I, I do feel like I sometimes just have to kind of put the other point of view across, even though I do agree with a lot of what you said. Um, not all of it, obviously, because a lot of it's just nonsense. But no, <laughs> it's been it's been good fun and. Oh. Sorry, guys, go can on. I quickly mention that book that I mentioned, that, that book that I, I found? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, sorry, sorry everyone. Um, there's a book I, I wanted to share the last time. Um, it's an amazing book of uh, photography. Uh, I'll say this as quickly as I can. Back in 2005, the Royal Mail have their own uh, in-house newspaper that all the postmen get. It's called Courier. In 2005, they did a photography project, and they gave disposable point-and-shoot film cameras to a whole load of photographers, uh, well, a whole load of postmen, basically, and said, we want you to take photographs of your daily round and uh, show us what you see and your lives. And the result was actually made into a book. So it's if you look on Amazon... It's, and type in, in the search uh, field, type in Unseen UK Royal Mail. You'll find secondhand copies of this book. And it's staggering. It's got hundreds. It's 230 pages long. And it's full of photographs of just the lives of postmen. And it sort of has a rough chronology. So the first, very first shot is just a close-up of a digital alarm clock that says 4 a.m. on it. So obviously someone's just got up on in the morning and they've taken a photo of their alarm clock from the moment they've woken up and it just captures the day in the life of posties across the uk i mean from every part of the country the things they're seeing from dogs barking at them on fen- at fences to dead deer in the roads to peacocks on windows to and it's just beautiful and it's just got this lovely innocent brilliance to it because it just goes from one place to another suddenly there's gooses in the field and you you get this view of the world from people who you would normally not you never see their point of view. And so that is called Unseen UK. Uh, and I highly recommend you buy it because it is just a, a staggering piece of work. Sounds good. I have one question. Yeah. Gooses? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying not to pick did up I say on that. Gooses? <laughs> you or said gooses. Sorry, no, that's whiskey. Gooses. Oh, gooses it is. I, oh, my God. That's, that's the whiskey for you. That's, uh... <laughs> no, that does sound very cool. That sounds really good. No, it's lovely. lovely. Okay, all right then. So all, all, all joking about gooses aside, that does sound like a book to pick up. Um, so, <laughs> so, and on on that note, uh, yeah, um, uh, th- thoroughly enjoyed the conversation this evening. Um, I hope you too have listeners. Um, and uh, you, uh, if you have, uh, please let us know on the internet. If you haven't, uh, please send your messages to somebody else. Um, <laughs> no, send them to me. Uh, we take all comers. And yeah, I'd, no, I'd oh, love I do that. this Let's... for the likes, actually. 
my Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, send, send send your likes to us. Yes, uh, and your dislikes to us. Uh, we are the Sunny Sixteen podcast on the internet. You can get us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, email Sunny Sixteen Podcast at gmail dot com, or simply our website Sunny Sixteen Podcast dot com. Uh, we will end this uh, amazing conversation this evening by playing you out with music from uh, Rachel's band Rocker. Uh, Their album is Promises I Should Have Kept and you can find that on Spotify, Amazon or iTunes. As always, it has been an honour and a privilege to babble on in the presence of people listening. Um, Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Gooses! (laughs) Gooses!